and man, those demons are churning butter. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yes, they're gonna <laughs> with the speed of Satan, dude. Of they're gonna go blind churning all that butter. <laughs> yeah. What is the butter thing? Do you know? You get do, hairy, they t- do they? Say? I heard you get hairy palms if you churn yeah. the butter too much. Mm-hmm. Wait, so is it insinuating that, it's a or euphemism. is it just it's a euphemism? A visual euphemism. No. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's too I was funny. watching it last night and I was like, wow, this is gratuitous. <laughs> That's so funny. I never put that together. I just was like, well, they just need a lot of butter for buttering up those babes and the mm-hmm. ones there. For all that witch ointment. <laughs> yeah. Up, you know, have you ever heard of butter baby? Butter baby. <laughs> ah, speaking of butter babies, welcome to Under the Pendulum. <laughs> I, I don't know what that segue is going to go into, but I'm <laughs> a buttery to... baby today. Well, there are buttery babies in what we're talking about today. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I'm Chris here with Heather. Hello. And Caitlin. Hello. Ah, so why are we talking about buttering babies? Yeah. Why That's is that, question. Christopher? Why is that, Heather? I don't know. I'm so glad you asked because of this episode. <laughs> We are talking about one of the greatest and criminally underrated films, in my opinion, Hacks On. Oh, Woo! I thought you were going to say children beauty pageants. <laughs> Toddlers and tiaras. Just Toddlers as, and tiaras. <laughs> just as creepy and viscerally disturbing. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, oh, God. Ugh. You know, Hacksaw gets pretty disturbing, but like that shit just makes my skin. This yeah. is actually, you know, you know, Toddlers and Tears is actually run by uh, people but, in league with Satan. But yeah, that's just me. one hundred percent. Oh yeah. <laughs> Don't you sully Satan's name? <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh man, I'm evil, but I'm not that evil. That's that's. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> if you break it down, what's that for evil? <laughs> I I digress. <laughs> so if you have not seen Hacks On, dear listener, stop the podcast right stop now. It now. Right stop now. Stop it mm-hmm. right now. Hammer you go time. watch it. You go watch it because yeah. it is a film that is unlike anything before or after it. It's got and everything, it, baby. Yeah, yeah, I remember I was when Kale and I used to hang out on the porch and up back in Nancy's like all the time and we just have TV on or flipping through the channels and Hacks On was on TMC. No. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Yes. And we and it was at, you know, the, the groovy party scene and we continued <laughs> to watch it like <laughs> till the end. And then I was like, I must have this DVD. So. What um, yeah. do you recall if it was one of the uncut like original ones or? I you know I think yes as far as like the the dude who talks in between each commercial break kind of giving you facts and things like that on you know TMC. Oh okay I see yeah he he was explaining that um the changes that the movie went through and everything and yeah I th- I'm pretty sure it was the the version that I've watched most recently. That's you can awesome. watch those on YouTube, by the way. I watched the TMC uh, guy introducing it, and he looked like he like kind of like had a face like he was going to throw up a little bit or like wanted to laugh. <laughs> and tonight, <clears throat> yeah. <sighs> Actually, you could go and watch Hacks On if you have um, HBO Max. They do mm-hmm. have some old films, a little bit of a Criterion collection. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a 
bunch of old silent films on there. Um, but yeah, they have hacks on in its entirety. And that's it's on YouTube now, too. People have mm-hmm. really like uploaded good versions of it. Even like Faust is on YouTube, which is amazing. Oh, cool. Oh, very nice. Hacksaw is a unique horror film that was released in 1922, and it was written and directed by Benjamin Christensen, a Swedish filmmaker, actor, and producer. An aspiring Satan. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't go to four years of Satan school for nothing, you know. That's right. Ish don't think so. So the film, what's interesting about the film is it's more of a documentary essay that deals with the occult, specifically about witches and witchcraft in the Middle Ages and Renaissance. And Christensen kind of came up with the idea when he came across a copy of the Malus Maleficarum. I don't know if I said that right. Malus Maleficarum? Yeah. Malus Malus Maleficarum. Oh, Malus Maleficarum. (laughs) (laughs) Which, if, you know, if nobody's heard of it, um, I think it roughly trans- translates to Hammer of the Witch. Oh, nice. Yeah, pretty dope. And it, it's essentially a German witch hunter's guide from the 1400s. I think it was written in the early 1480s. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it was written by a clergyman named Heinrich Kramer. And the guide provided insight into how to deal with all manner of supernatural and devilish happenings. And Christensen would use this and other sources and art from the period to bring an academic sensibility to the film. Yeah. And as, as I was watching this last night, with all the reference images that he painstakingly photographed and then put up, I was like, man, this guy must have been digging through books for years and years, just getting every fucking book from the library possible or any source he could to that find these ni- images. It was some 1920s Ken Burns shit. It was great. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I was also reading an article, too, about how Haxon is kind of uh, credited with the start of, like, the found footage kind of genre. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, I saw that same argument, which, you know, is it, it you, you can make that it's connection region. that that it is that precursor, you know, because it right. is early yeah. documentary style horror film um, yeah. that kind of like, you know, it's obviously fantastical. We'll get into that, but it, you know, it really kind of tries to set it in a real world yeah. um, by discussing the superstitions and, and the beliefs during the time about witchcraft yeah. and the devil. It's really, really well done, really ahead of its time. Yeah. yeah, super ahead of its time. And, you know, Ken Burns could spice it up a little more with some, you know, some more <laughs> demons and stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. Anything. Um, was was Hacks on one of the first documentaries ever? Um, actually, one of the first documentaries was about some um, man. I cannot remember what it's called, but I think it follows some uh, Nanook of the North or something. I, I actually, just... I, I I think you're right. I think it's Nanook of the North that is considered yeah, they made one fun of, the of it first... on documentary now, and it was really hilarious. <laughs> but it's, I, but that one's it. considered one of the first documentaries, I think. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. And it, around the same time, too. Um, so yeah. I don't know if, if anything came before that, but from what I've researched, that that was considered one of the very first ones. That's that's very cool. Mm-hmm. And so what makes Hackson really unique in, in a documentary sense is that Christensen melds the academic documentary style with visual depictions of how witches were believed to have operated and communed with the devil. So he's taking these beliefs and he's bringing them to life, 
all yeah. the silly superstitions, all the weird beliefs. He's he's making it happen on screen, and you know, <laughs> and he sometimes goes for it. He really does, and he it's, really it, does. <laughs> it looks great. Um, you know, they filmed it all. He tried to film it all at night to really oh, get the shadowy effect. That's ambitious back then. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Wow. Um, and man, he, I mean, it, it is, sometimes it's incredibly silly. Um, and sometimes it is pretty, like, pretty disturbing whoa. and messed up. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. like, dude, whoa. I mean, I used to capture images before I ever saw the film and I never thought of it as like goofy looking or strange. I thought it was like beautifully executed still lives or like just, you know, shots yeah. from from like an actual photo shoot or something is incredible. Oh yeah, yeah. The composition yeah. in in these shots are are so yeah. awesome. I think the yeah. silliness really comes just from some of the um some of the acting like really. Yeah, yeah, some of the costumes yeah. and but it's some of the acting too. But there's also yeah. some very good acting in it. Um, yeah. When we talk more about the film, um, you know, chronologically, you know, we could get into that. But yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what makes the film so unique, right? It's it's a documentary with these kind of fantastical horror elements that, yeah. which is why someone would make that argument that it is um, the precursor to that found footage because it cements the right. fantastical in the real world. Yeah. Or the supernatural in the real world. Mm-hmm. So Christensen applies innovative special effects for the time as well as visual creativity. And we'll talk about the visual effects and the other effects that they use, which using so many of them was probably pretty groundbreaking at the time as well. Yeah. And the fact that they look pretty, pretty good for the time. For sure. As we said, you know, it could be silly, but it could often be disturbing and grotesque. Um, from people cavorting with the devil and depictions of blasphemy, uh, even to child sacrifice, which they show. Pretty you know, brutal. Yeah, pretty yeah. brutal. Like, whoa. Tell me about her baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm, <laughs> <Yep>. mm. <laughs> it's all wig. It's like, you, you know, it's a fake baby, but. Because of the dark and the dark colors and um, yeah. and the lighting like, and it's it's like mm-hmm. dripping and stuff. It's yeah, you know yeah. it's it, it's still pretty like whew. <laughs> showing that in the twenties. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. intense for that period. It would have been really visceral, you know, just mm-hmm. like a dripping dead baby and you know thrown into a cauldron. <laughs> oh yeah, no. people must have been freaking out. Yeah, I mean, there, there were, it was mixed. It was mixed for sure. You know, this was the time, you know, this was the turn of the century, you know, the rise of, you know, more secular beliefs. Occultism had been pretty popular for, you know, a few decades by then. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it kind of mixed. So due to the imagery and subject matter, the film's release was a bit controversial. One reviewer in 1923 wrote, quote, Wonderful though this picture is, it is absolutely unfit for public exhibition, unquote. Mm-hmm. Great review. <laughs> and and that's well, and that was sort of the thing. You know, you had these reviewers who said this film is amazing. It's beautiful. It's groundbreaking. But the subject matter and content and the imagery, it's, you know, like that's fu- it's fucked up. And yeah, you, know, sure. you had a lot of pretty angry people because, um, you know, you, they trick you, right? Because you go in thinking that it's going to be an academic film and then you know it gets to some pretty you know pretty crazy stuff for the time some heavy heavy subject matter yeah and you know an unsuspecting you know christian family may go in there and be like oh we're gonna learn about which you know witchcraft and you know and (laughs) and then it's just like you're then you're have these images just thrust in your face it's 
It's oh, yeah. Fun. Hide the children's eyes. <laughs> so due to it being controversial, the film, you know, almost everywhere from Europe to the U.S., it was often heavily censored. Uh, they cut out the scenes of torture, violence, the blasphemous scenes of crosses being stomped on or witches lining up to kiss the devils behind. And it oh, also that one did it for them. OK, <laughs> I, I think it was the, the baby sacrifice, too, you know, yeah, maybe. But I mean, you know, if you're a religious person, seeing a bunch of people stomping on spitting on a cross, you know, that's that's that not, might be upsetting. Yeah, that's not funny. It might be a little upsetting. You, you might be a Christian. Like you might be a you might be a Christian. <laughs> you might be a blasphemer. <laughs> so it was also censored at home in Sweden, despite being the most expensive film made at the time. Um, I, I, I didn't it. put I didn't put the figures in, but it was the production was quite costly and it was done yeah. by a you know a pretty big film production uh company at the time uh, he pulled out all the stops i can imagine it was just every aspect of it was insanely expensive yeah yeah he's i mean and and you know luckily for us you know it, for posterity's sake it was so well done for the time yeah. and really holds up a lot better than you know other films that were made Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Haxon fell into obscurity and the rights holders did not renew the copyright. And this led to many amateur cuts once it fell into the public domain. Yeah. So here's a little breakdown of kind of the history up until now of the film. Um, this is from horrorhomeroom.com, but I saw it um, mentioned in, in all the other you know uh, research I've done. So I okay. feel like it was a pretty short and concise breakdown of what happens. Yeah. So quote. So the film was re-released in 1941 with an additional prologue from the director, but Haxon became more widely known once re-released in the United States in 1968 in a version titled Witchcraft Through the Ages. Antony Balch's edit, which cut the film from 104 to a brisk 76 minutes, is narrated drolly by William S. Barrows and features an unruly jazz score from Daniel Humare. I would actually like to see that one, although... Yeah, sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. So it teases out the humor of the original, perhaps at the expense of much of the film's emotional nuance, and was popular on cult viewing circuits. The Swedish Film Institute has undertaken three restorations of the original Swedish-language Swedish film. Its 2016 digital restoration, informed by laboratory instructions on the film's tinting for its premiere screenings, and notes on the original orchestral accompaniment was released by the Criterion Collection in 2019. These wow, offici- so recently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I have that copy on DVD then because no. I feel like I bought it a while ago. I know that we definitely watched it like 2011. I think the 2019 like one is going to be like the most recently polished. Uh, um, I think the one in like 2016, pro- probably pretty close, right? Um, mm-hmm. And they're always like digitally re- um, restoring, you know, every few years, some of these right. films. These official versions with their institutional backing and their concomitant sense of cinephilia and connoisseurship have cemented the film's position as a cinematic masterpiece. The film has also found a new audience through screenings accompanied by live performances of original scores, unquote. Um, 
Yeah, actually, and Kate, you and I have been to something similar where um, I think it was Nosferatu or Vampire, where um, they actually had some mm-hmm. live musicians doing the score and they wrote like an original score to it. It's the best way to do it. I love that. Um, I know Alamo Draft House does, you know, um, silent film festivals and things like that, where they'll bring in all kinds of artists and musicians. They- I mean, they have a big one where you guys live in Denver, one of the best in the country, in my opinion. And um, I remember one of the best ones I ever saw was a Douglas Fairbanks movie where there were like sea monsters and they had all the original sound effects on stage and like a big bass drum, like boom, boom. And like just doing like, like Foley stuff almost. All, all that stuff on stage. That's cool. It was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. So that that's that so resource cool, man. is excellent. But mm-hmm. Yeah, live music with with silent films is great. Yeah, and and you know some people, some musicians come up with really great compositions to go with the music. You know? Oh, totally. Because like, and there's, oh, go, go ahead. No, no, I was just say as much as I love hacks on some of the music choices at certain parts, don't make any fucking Not sense so to good. me. Yeah. No, I always, I actually for fun, I watch a lot of silent film, and I'll put on like um. Uh, the Coteau Twins or like Echo and the Bunnymen or New Order or something that sounds oh, really that's, interesting with that's it. That's cool, yeah. But I mean, in the 90s, I guess a bunch of industrial artists did a soundtrack for Nosferatu that's pretty great and that's out there oh, somewhere. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I would love to hear that. It's, yeah. It's pretty good. So the film's legacy is much more than a controversial or salacious work. It would influence and create a roadmap for supernatural horror. Its blending of real and fantastical on screen made it that much more palpable. It is one thing to see completely fantastical horror, but another when blended with the real world and real fears and religious sensibilities. It lures in some viewers with a scholarly and academic bent, but the viewer would be wholly unprepared for the superstitions and fears of the past, to come alive in brutal and disturbing ways. So the film is broken up into seven chapters, and the first few are be- or it begins with basic historical information about medieval and Renaissance beliefs. And as the film progresses, the chapters get darker and more disturbing. And the final chapters take a look at some psychological explanations that would have been considered witch behavior or characteristics. And, you know, it's the 20s, so I will not mm-hmm. harp on it too much, but it's definitely like, these crazy women yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) bitches be going crazy out there yeah periods of it yeah but i guess for the time it's it's like woke for the time yeah Yeah. i mean he he meant well you know he he tried yeah definitely meant well in it (laughs) so the majority of the film is set in 1488 and though christensen himself said that there was no real plot the film loosely follows a sorceress named Karna who crafts potions for the town folks from animals and bits of corpses. And in particular, we see Karna make a love potion that a woman uses to, sue, to seduce a holy man. And we also see the persecution of Maria, a poor weaver who is blamed for the illness of a wealthy printer, as she is a typical old hag and subject to suspicion. Oh, I, should, I can't watch it. Yep. It's so sad. Grotesque sad. and crooked clergy roll into town at the behest of the Pope, performing torturous interrogations that provoke cascading accusations until the entire villages are scourged. Yeah. I mean, they do keep that kind of feeling of like almost like that movie Perfume. 
the story of a murder where it's oh, like yeah. really so viscerally greasy and gross and like yeah. I feel like that's always a interesting choice to to kind of call back to that time period what people might have actually been like you know yeah and their their bodies and stuff and yeah it's yeah interesting. yeah yeah exactly like most people don't have there's not a lot of mirrors around unless you're wealthy no. or you know or at least have some money so it's not like people are you know being like oh i got a little something here a little something, <laughs> yeah. a little something in my chin you got shit everywhere it's 1488 I mean, <laughs> come on this is some lovely <laughs> so yeah i guess that's just a little background on the film so i guess we can yeah. kind of talk a little more in depth about it now yeah so as you said there are seven parts to the film and i've kind of like jotted down some notes as i was watching it last night and broke it down into the different parts of like what's happening with the narrative and everything. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll just hit on a certain points and, you know, talk about it. Sometime in the future, we should do like a live stream thing with this movie. Agreed. Oh, yeah. yeah, that'd, be, yeah. that'd be pretty fun. Our own I'm... web tracks. Yeah. Oh, web, yes. Web tracks. <laughs> Time for web tracks. Web tracks. What if web tracks were <laughs> <laughs> so as you said part one you know the the movie kind of starts off with the educational kind of with reference images and you know what people's beliefs were going back into ancient histories mm-hmm. the history of mysticism uh is what the title cards say it's so killer it's like the best yeah. slideshow you'll ever see in your life and it's like animated and stop motion and miniatures it's just excellent yeah i think what made this movie so good with that and all the source material was like the it was we're fortunate enough that he was swedish and had access to all these like german and other you know um germanic country um you know their their archives and and stuff because like man you you wouldn't have been able to get any of that in america or at least not a lot of it and then he knows how to translate it and um yeah yeah, so that's, I mean, fortunate for us that, you know, he was able to find so many cool examples. Right, and I mean, it's art. part of that, part of the world's lore. So, I mean, you wouldn't look too strange looking into this over there as versus America where people would be like pretty scared about it, I would imagine. Yeah, and like, you know, the Salem witch trials are pretty famous, but um, yeah. oh, the Germans, they always take it a little further. Sure do. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have a lot longer under the belts than than we do. <laughs> they have a sausage-filled zeal for it. I just yeah. mm. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I think that's kind of where a lot of the witch stuff first started was in Germany or around Uh-oh, around there. And then it, you know, it branched out into England and England also has a very famous, you know, horrific past with it. But um, mm-hmm. I believe it kind of kind of started a little bit. Yeah, and I thought the Germans were all into that anyway. (laughs) I mean, they are. Yeah, like Grilla and shit, you know, Mm. who we've talked about before. Yeah. You know, witches are part of their their whole lore and and background. You know, I don't mind witches, but I don't want witches going into my libraries and reading to my kids. That's right. I don't want them breathing on my schnitzel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're going to make me a witch. That's right. <laughs> we're going to make my kids witches. <laughs> so as you were talking about, Kate, the, that scene that they were showing of like the depiction of how um, Egyptians viewed Earth 
with mm-hmm. the with like the valley between the mountains surrounded by water and the lights mm-hmm. hanging down from like mm-hmm. strings. Oh yeah. And then it goes into the more western sensibilities of, you know, how medieval people viewed the earth and planets in kind of concentric circles with the earth being in the center, the planets on the outside, and then um the holy beings surrounding this in the 10th sphere, which is like God and the angels and everything. I love the diagrams. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, I also yeah. love the gigantic pointer that is used. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like the a giant, ten, giant it's like the a pointer he uses. Pointer. To, oh, yeah. It's like, like kind of Pointing things out. Yeah. Actually, I, I, I thought it was pretty steady for how long it is. You they might have stabilized right. it in recent years. Yeah. I would assume they have. <laughs> I mean, seriously, anything about like alchemy and mysticism and anything about like the body and the humors or what, you know, the royal body was and anything were like crazy diagrams like that, too. It's some trippy stuff from back then. It's, it's so cool. It's it's like so right on, but so far off at the same time. Absolutely. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Uh, then they go into detail that witches were thought to have signed a pact with the devil which caused them to be burned at the stake and persecuted. And then we see all these images of from the Middle Ages um, where, you know, there's there's images of hell and and the goings on there, um, you know, hot molten lava being poured down a man's throat, uh, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, he must mm-hmm. have just dug through so many books it's there very impressive. there were some i hadn't seen and you know yeah. like i love engraving engravings and um yeah. you know illuminations and and things like that um one thing i i saw a few of those and i love about them they'll be like showing these scenes where like you know they're in hell and then some demons are throwing them in the pot there's always like one of the guys are always smiling they're about to be thrown <laughs> in the pot there's a couple yeah. of them who are like mm. <laughs> like bosh shit you know we're bosh definitely like captures a- actually that. a few had mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. i uh when was bosch when 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 was that was it 1400 um, oh you're it? right you're right it was probably actually about the 1500s 1400s some of them reminded me of some imagery in bosch but i i couldn't i could not remember what um century he was yeah i'm looking at it right now oh thanks heather but I just just love the smiling like it's like thank you. <laughs> I know it's so. I just love the yeah the choices of like paper cutouts that they did to make the whole dioramas of those and the stop motion of that and the puppets with it. Wow, this is such a beautiful hill you got here. Oh, that's a nice cauldron. No, oh, what's 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 it? Ah! So, you're right, Kate. Fourteen, fourteen to fifteen hundreds. Hell yeah. I should yeah. know because it's my shower curtain and I look at Bosch's Garden of Earthly Delights every day <laughs> it's and ponder classic. it while yeah. I'm on the turlet. <laughs> There's a lot to That's ponder. That's a good thing to look at. There is, it, I recommend it for anybody. If you want something to look at for a long time, look at that one. You'll always find something different. There's people smiling weird. There's stuff coming out of people's butts that really shouldn't come out of people's mm-hmm. butts. It's, yeah. It's, it's great. I mean... Watching this movie, like all the images he was showing, I I wanted like ninety percent of them to hang up in my house. They were just yeah. so awesome. I know yeah. demons <laughs> with various pots on their heads, like some sort of frat party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. So I I really enjoyed that part, even though there's like not like one live action scene through this whole 
probably 10 to 15 minute sequence. It was really mm-hmm. enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess them filming the um, the mechanical display of hell. Oh, that, yeah, that, that was fucking cool. That was incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, man, we'll have to try to see if we can't post some videos or something of, of a, a couple of these things, but... Um, Were they just... like animated that whole scene? Yeah, in, so... In live... Yeah, and, live. And form. he said he he said he found it. Um, wow. So I don't know how he really? never he never says how old it is. So you know, Whoa. for for you listeners, it's basically this huge mechanical diorama. Um, I guess I don't know if that's the correct term. Um, yeah, something but like that. It, it's of hell, so it's like one of the um, engravings or or you know, fourteen or fifteenth century depictions of hell that you'd see. But it's all these moving miniatures. Yeah. Um, that probably would have been from like about like the Renaissance or something, and like coming from um, Prague with like Rudolf II hiring like John Dee and all these people that were ma- developing automatons and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that's what it probably reminded me of. Is probably from that time period. And you, you're probably right. It's probably real and they filmed it, you know? Yeah. Or a replica. I, I mean, if it's that old, I would be incredibly impressed that it's still functional unless they, you know, re- mean, restored it. But they it did and... pump a lot of uh, fog in there during that scene, right? So a lot of it's mm-hmm. like covered up with fog. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to see what the condition I mean, was. Some of these things that did survive that weren't like stolen during wartime or sold off or whatever, they're some of the most well-made, you know, masterful things that do still work till this day. Sure. Absolutely. Automatons are so cool, man. Yeah. They're so cool. I it, love it, it. it is an incredibly impressive display. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this brings us to part two. Um, and this is where our first live action scene comes in aside from the footage of the the piece we were just talking about. And it really brings us to the main narrative of the movie. Mm -hmm. We have um, an old woman sitting at a cauldron as two other women are coming through the front door, bringing in bundles of sticks. And um, when they open up these bundles, we can see that there's body parts um, inside like hands and skulls. And they say that they're stolen from thieves at the gallows. Now, like the the fake arm that they used in this was incredible. It was so yeah. cool. And I love how <laughs> one of the witches is like, it's too dry. It's too dry. <laughs> yeah. And she's like dunking it in like a barrel of, oh, yeah. <laughs> of some sort of spirit, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, from like a set dressing point of view, that thing couldn't have been done any better. It was so beautiful. Yeah, it it really brought you into like a storybook, and and that scene really goes to show you if you just hang up some bones and mm-hmm. like animal skeletons, it makes anything look sinister. It you light a fire over I here, mean, it makes it look sinister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, and then the witches say that they're intending to use these parts in their potions, of course, because that's what witches do. Mm-hmm. Oh um, man, did oh actually you're you're going to talk about it, okay? Yeah, so they they also bring in snakes and toads, which is another trope of witches. Then we see out in the night, outside the cottage, a veiled woman knocks on the door. And she comes in and she's looking for a love potion and she wants to use it on a pious man, she says. Ew, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I have I have some things I want to point out about the um the monks and clergymen um oh, that I really yeah. that I really like about this film. But well, hold on. Yeah. So the first potion she receives is um, one made of cat shit and dove's hearts. 
and uh, she takes it to um, her monk, Love. Hey, man. Love's nothing but a bunch of cat shit and dove hearts. That's all I got to say. <laughs> He's this big, like, old, fat, disgusting Gross. I actually I made my first meme out of that guy. I just did the thing where he's eating and I just wrote, I'll have all the ham. <laughs> it's just like you, you didn't need the cat shit and dove heart potion. It was inside you the whole time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I bet he ate but plenty of that. Dude, I how they depict him, it's just it's like, you know, yeah, he's oh gross. he's he's a very pious man. Yeah, he's yeah. gross. He's gluttonous as fuck. Like yeah. he's just stuffing his face yeah of just the grossest shit depicting just, him it, as a sinner like right off the bat like yeah do not have good viewpoints of these and, and that'll be something well you know <laughs> you see through the film is the depictions of the 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 holy men the clergymen the monks um they are not put in a good light at all no they and sometimes are they are as grotesque visually as the devil or the demons that they show I would 100%. assume that was pretty. That uh, was a, that was a pretty bad selling point on banning it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if yeah, I mean, you're you're trashing the you know the church or yeah. you know the clergy. I mean, the stuff, devil yeah. is like a sexy motherfucker in this movie compared to any of those guys. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a scene. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get to that scene. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, but it's like, oh, he knows how to work. He does. No. <laughs> he wants you to know I have a tongue and I know how to use it. Yeah, uh, ladies. Sure do. <laughs> I know where it is. <laughs> I'll show you all the pleasures. It's <laughs> pointy. Yeah. <laughs> so she she gives the, the monk this potion. It doesn't work. He just continues to kind of stuff his face. And so she goes back and she gets another potion. And this one is made of a young male sparrow brewed in May. So when she gives this one to him. Sounds good. He uh, it, it works pretty well, maybe a little too well. He starts chasing her like around the cottage and outside and mm-hmm. it's on so her. funny because you can't you really can't tell if she's enjoying it or if she's I know. Really scared. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was enjoying it, my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, probably. I mean, she I mean does at go the back. end of the sequence, it seems like mm-hmm. she is because she goes back for a third time to the witches and uh, they offer her an ointment to seal the deal with the monk. And also turn her to witchery, but I think she ultimately ends up uh, refusing it. Um, no, no, I think she actually does take it because he does starts she take putting it because he, well, he starts to like put some in a little jar. Oh, so, okay, yeah. okay. They they don't show her actually taking it, but they I think they imply that she's like, that he took oh, it. really? Okay, yeah, I'll take a <laughs> bottle. Is it organic? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Uh, but the next scene is like uh, when two young men bring a body to the witch's cottage. I think it's the same place that they're going into. And they talk about um, th- how they want to cut open the body to figure out what disease killed it. And I mean, I assume that this was just to kind of demonstrate beliefs of the time. And yeah. it really doesn't tie into the narrative at all. It's just kind of an aside. Well, I think I think wacky thing. Well, it does bring up a really good point, right? It's it's sort of like early science or Mm -hmm. or even like indigenous and folk knowledge about plants and herbs. And, you know, at one time, 
it's considered evil, especially when Christianity, you know, really takes a hold. It really stifles this knowledge that has been passed down through the generations and yeah. and exploration of science. Because you know, some people will always make that a that um, comparison of science and magic, or magic or the supernatural is just science that we don't understand yet. Um, well, and then contra- contrasting it by how willing they're op- they're you know they are to just cutting the the baby open well, and stuff. Oh well, well I mean the the, the two guys. Um, you know, they're the point that he's trying to make is like they're praying to God, like, you know, we're not doing this to be blasphemous. We're not doing this out of any right. will. We are doing this uh, to help mankind. Um, right. But then, you know, that woman gets scared because she just sees these two dudes with a knife, you know, with a knife out to cut open a body and automatically thinks they're witches. So oh, I, okay, I, that's it. what they're trying to illustrate is is the I fear, gotcha. the fear of the rational or the irrational you know, mm-hmm. turning on the rational, I guess, because um, that seems, you know, perfectly seems perfectly rational, right? Like the only way to find out about how somebody gotta died, open. You, you gotta, gotta, see what's gotta, going on gotta crack her open. What's, what's that? in a wonder ball? How did this <laughs> guy die? Oh, I wonder, wonder what's in a wonder ball. It's a paperclip. <laughs> it's herpes. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> So uh, the next scene uh, shows one of the witches outside the row of row of houses that they're in, and she's sleeping on a doorstep when this man comes by to accost her. He seems like a real drunk and a weirdo. He is, but um, she she's like, "You're never gonna speak again," or or something to that effect. It's like your, your mouth is gonna be. You'll never be able to close your mouth again. The, that's right. <laughs> So she bewitches him and his mouth remains open, presumably forever. Yeah. And I, you know, and I don't know what he's trying to say there. If it's like the it's almost like a placebo, you know, where mm. the the fear and the belief is is so real um, to these people that it like makes them manifest the fears in weird physical ways. Yeah, it could like be. He, he can close his mouth, but he's just, you know, gripped by by his own superstitions. And maybe he wants attention. Probably. Um, so after this, um, I'm not really sure how this ties into what's happening, but we are taken to a monk's study, and he's like kind of writing on in a book, and then the devil kind of pops up like right in front of him. Yeah, <laughs> starts wagging his tongue, <laughs> and then we are taken to a scene of whimsy. <laughs> oh, and young... whimsy it is, and whimsical uh, yeah. it is. It's a young woman walking naked through the woods, and uh, she comes across a, a statue of Satan. You know, I've really and, found um, that scene to be a metaphor for my own life, but, you know, that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if it was a, I don't know if it was a statue or, or something, because you, you, it's like, I think that's the devil the whole time, the actual devil. Um, well, I think they mention a statue, and then oh, okay. maybe it, comes it turns into something, something else. Yeah, because yeah, because you see that later at the the groovy party. Yes, um, that's the stat. Yeah, <laughs> or that's the being that um, you know. I gotta make us get- a T-shirt that has a shot from it that just says "groovy party" on groovy it. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, <laughs> uh, is it still in the public domain? Because God, that'd be an awesome. Oh, well, who gives a shit? It must like be. It. I mean, I All didn't right, say that. When we start doing merch, <laughs> I'll have to look into that because that's great. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so uh, this young woman is obviously a witch, and the lecherous devil comes to her window at night while the same woman is sleeping next to her husband. Honey, and the next do you want to join us? In bed. 
And he's, yeah, he's wagging his tongue like nothing else. And he's like beckoning, beckoning her out the window. Watch me turn this buddy, like, but don't touch it. Don't touch yeah. it. <laughs> and she's like really delighted by it, it seems like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, they show a comparison, old drunk witch, to demonstrate that although the devil's companion can be young and beautiful, they are more often old and miserable. Yeah, which really just harps on that old, the old hag. Um you know, right. trope that that's just so prevalent in folklore, especially, you know, yeah. of course, with witches, you know. So, I mean, Satan which has keeps sh- deadly consequences for any yeah, old, <laughs> back old then, ladies. 100%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, it kind of cuts into different scenarios for where the devil can kind of mess with the witch, right? Mm-hmm. So, the the old woman in the cottage, uh, which is the main witch, I can't remember what her name, Karna. No, Karna's the one who makes uh, all the, or no, maybe it is Karna. Yeah. Yeah. I think it might be. Yeah. So she awakes in a strange bedroom and the bed is surrounded by a bunch of coins. Which, which this was then... kind of very, um, sorry to interrupt you again. Um, no. But this this was very cool um, yeah. creative thinking for a special effect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it was a... A whole stop motion sequence. Yeah, it's fabulous. Yeah. Well, it's also they're just um they're just playing they're just playing things in reverse too, right? Yeah. Definitely. So it's like they're just dumping a bunch of coins, but then when they're playing it reverse, it looks like they're getting pulled magically back somehow. I know yeah. there weren't strippers back then, but that would have been a really rough gig if that was what you were getting ringed on with. Coins. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really just to demonstrate how the devil will mess with you, even if you are a servant of him. Mm-hmm. Um, by like giving her all these coins and then taking them away because then in the next scene she goes to a room that has a huge spread of food and this like straight up stop motion demon busts out of like a little cubby in the wall <laughs> like yeah. where she could see it it's so cool <laughs> it is really cool snap it to <laughs> Slim Jim right, right, um, but it's pretty good I mean not bad stop motion for the time it's great. Yeah. 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 Really it was like very it. impressive. Yeah. There's like the doors breaking away as it's breaking in. And, um, you know, like for the time, it looks pretty good. Yeah. It was fabulous. Yeah. Um. So then the uh, little demon guy leads her to check out a room where there's a bunch of men and women that are dancing in a circle with these large humanoid animals, uh, which I'm, I'm assuming are demons. And oh, yeah. uh, as she walks towards them, uh, she wakes up on the floor of her cottage. So that was like a whole dream sequence. Stay away from the booze, children. That's right. <laughs> so uh, this brings us to part three, where there's more, it starts off with more reference imaging, images uh, detailing the Inquisition and how women were that were accused of witchcraft were punished, namely by the way they were drowned. They yeah, that's, that's the one that. they bring up the most. Um and they have this really funny, uh, this funny one. I but I believe it's in part three, where uh, they're talking about like the the different um, signs of a witch, and it's like one's milking the handle of an axe. Like, yeah. no, it's just like that is so surreal and strange. It's weird. All the all those That's kind of beliefs are too. Well, it is very phallic, but yeah. it's so surreal and, and weird. And now I kind of understand Bosch a little more. I understand the strangeness a little more because a lot of those beliefs were just inherently strange to us now. I mean, they might have made sense at the time. And maybe people at the time got the imagery a little more. 
um then you know it, it may it may seem you know so uh, out of our depth of like of what it means or represents if anything at all but um but just seeing that i was like wow that's very so surreal like like bosch's paintings mm-hmm. just like am like milking a the handle of an axe it's just so yeah it's, it's i mean really I, I get i get the phallic you know sexual bent but um but it just the the imagery is so strange yeah oh yeah and then you know they talk they show like a witch setting fire to a village with like putting up her hand kind of like fire starter um <laughs> pretty cool Drew Barrymore, why? Why would you do this to our village? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then uh, we go back to the live action scenes, and uh, this is where the story about Martin the printer starts. And uh, Martin is ill, and he's lying in bed with his wife and child and um, some chambermaids surrounding his bed. And uh, they are trying to figure out what is wrong with him. Why has he gotten sick? Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. So the people surrounding his bedside, I assume, is some sort of doctor or something. Uh, they do this lead test where they pour molten lead into, like, a bucket of water. And um, by seeing what shape the, the lead makes when they pull the, the chunk out, they, they're trying to get, like, an answer to what, what is causing the illness. And mm-hmm. it's witchcraft. No, of course. No way. I mean, <laughs> everything everything's witchcraft then, right? Like devils yeah. and witches are to blame for all your troubles in life. Your cow got I, sick, it's a witch. Your shoe blew out, a witch cursed it, which they actually show an image of a witch cursing somebody's shoe. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah. So I mean, even something super mundane could could be the work of the, the devil. The devil possessed you to buy a gas station burrito. It's a witch. <laughs> Every time. Every single time. <laughs> I just I mean, I tried lead... to stop my hand. <laughs> I mean, the lead test to me seems kind of witchy in itself, right? Mm-hmm. Just it's not too far off. <laughs> it's like one of those weird, like, I don't know, it's 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 like a weird divination, um, kind of like folk magic thing, which isn't, I don't know, it, that's where things get kind of gray, right? It's like some things that yeah. should seem like witchcraft aren't necessarily seen as such. Um, right. But if the church had seen that guy doing it, you know, who knows how that would have been construed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So after this, um, the the wife goes downstairs and um, there's an old lady down there, Maria the Weaver, and she's a beggar. Um, I like how these sound like wrestling names. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. All right, here comes Maria the Weaver. <laughs> and then we got Marcel the Printer. I don't oh, remember what his name yeah. was. <laughs> So, excuse me, so Martin's wife, obviously distraught and uh, gazing upon the old, old face of this woman oh. is like, that bitch is a witch. I hate it. It makes me yeah. feel so bad. She's got a fugly humpback. This bitch a witch. Yeah. <laughs> She's got so many bags and three parkas in the summer. <laughs> I think that dress is made of bags. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she just looks like a cute, really, re- like, ancient old lady. Oh, she looks super old. And, 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 like, the way she's eating that soup, too, it's just, oh, like, yeah. you know. I'm so hungry. It's, it, it, it is, again, like, it is that, like, discrimination against poor Fucking elderly hunch- women. Makes you want to listen to Hunchback of Notre Dame's God Help the Outcast and just cry a bunch. <laughs> it's, it's pretty sad. 
and it just gets worse. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the wife, like, runs straight to grab a monk from the monastery, and uh, she tells him what what she has found. And and when she went up to tell the chambermaids about it, they're like, oh, yeah, totally a witch. Oh, we know. So the, the younger monk she approaches is not allowed to converse with a woman. And he got problems. Yeah. Yeah. So like an older one comes down and starts to talk to her. But you can tell like he's really stirred by their interaction. Because she like touches <laughs> his, his like arm to it. Yeah. Just like, <sighs> it burns. It felt like it burned a little bit. Burned with passion. And then they kind of show some scenes from like how the monastery operates. They show like a woman shaving one of the monks' heads and just them in their studies. And it's it's really cool, like little glimpse into what that would have looked like. Mm-hmm. So when uh, the wife, you know, explains her story again, the monks make the woman promise that she has no beef with uh, Maria the Weaver and that she is aware of what this accusation can mean for her. And uh, she's like, yeah, she's definitely a witch. Did so, you see her eat soup? Yeah. <laughs> I think that humpback winked at me. Yeah. I, I is, heard whispers is, is from it. Is humpback not correct to say anymore? Like you can't can't describe a, a malady like that? or um, I haven't heard that one, but it wouldn't surprise I mean, it's me. probably not a nice thing to say to somebody. No. no. Like clubfoot or something. <laughs> <laughs> I who keep you, teach you, feed you, dress you. Yes. <laughs> I who look upon you without, without fear because I'm woke. How can I protect you, boy? <laughs> oh my God. That's gonna, Heather, that's our future. I'm going to have a humpback and you're going to have a club foot and a cane. And like oh. one of your eyes won't work. So you'll have like two different prescriptions in your glasses and they're going to be crazy. You know, I'm down. Cool. I, right. I, I always sing that song to Tendi, my cat, when he uh, when he's whining. <laughs> That's adorable. I, I'll say it. I've said it once and I'll say it again. Hunchback, Hunchback of Notre Dame is my favorite Disney movie. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, pretty solid. Excellent. They show the prejudice of re- religious fervor. That's right. That's right. And rock and mm-hmm. boobies. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry, that was a gross burp. Okay. So after- She's a witch. (laughs) She's a witch. (laughs) So uh, after uh, she's like, yeah, she's definitely a witch. Um, They send a group of men to come to where Maria was eating the soup. And they like capture her and throw her in a wooden cage on wheels. And they take her away. You know, I'm so glad that like just throwing a burlap sack over somebody just, you know- Stands the test of time. It's just yeah. a mode of transportation, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. It's like, yeah, it, it's like a beam me up, Scotty, but, you know. <laughs> you know, what, what's interesting about that. Condemned. What's really interesting about that scene um, where everybody's, um, you know, just, just trying to get a hold of her and she's fighting and the, the, you know, the women who are watching over the dying printer, they're just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just really shows that boredom can bring about the true evils of humans. Sorry, everybody. You know, definitely, especially in these villages, if your life is so monotonous and isolated, and you know, conjuring up or getting caught up in this fervor could be the most exciting thing that happened to you all year. 
Oh yeah. So we have and a big for city. sure. Yeah, and so there's some joy in the spectacle, <laughs> you know, for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, it is super fucked up. Yep. Boredom kills. Yep. <laughs> Stay busy, y'all. Idle hands are the devil's playpen. So uh, we're then on to part four, where uh, Maria is now in jail, and the monks are discussing what evidence they might be able to find on her to prove that she's a witch. And they're Inquisition judges, we come to find out. And uh, they try to coerce her into confessing the easy way before resorting to more drastic measures. And man, they are yanking her back and forth. I I love it. He's like um, reasonable men, and they're just doing the good cop, bad cop thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so funny. they are. So uh, they then do a series of tests, which are like two, and they put uh, consecrated objects on her body to help drive the devil out and bring her before a council to confess. There's like yeah. a consecrated like length of wax, and then um, it's like some... a bag with a bunch of like crosses in it or something. Yeah, like a parchment on a yeah. necklace or something with some scrolls or But that but but that leading up to that scene's interesting too cuz it really shows you like how you know, she's just this poor like fucking ancient old lady. Yeah. And yeah. just how terrifying that must have been to just yeah. be like screamed at and just like, you know, jostled and then like yeah. some priest Stripped. is yelling at you who's like, you know, this really powerful figure. Um yeah. You know, and, and they're just like scaring the shit out of her. And so she's just like, please stay away. And they're like, you resist. You're resisting. Do you see her resist? Yeah. You know, must just, be a it, witch. I mean, that, I mean, that must have been pretty, pretty normal. And yeah, I, I think that scene really, really illustrates that. Um, yeah. I mean, well. once you were accused, that was it. There was no there was no recourse. I mean, I mean you were done sometimes. Right. I mean, there were. Rarely, you know, it's you know. I think later on, especially in England, there were there were trials and people were you know not convicted because yeah. of the evidence and things like that. Um, but I guess back it really, in this time, I mean, I assume it was yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, I guess it's hard to say, right? It's like who yeah. who was doing the interviewing. It, it, I think it's probably uh, case by case, depending right. on who's overseeing it and how you know <laughs> how how um just like fucking. They're like, let's just burn up these witches, dude. Get yeah. out of here. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, she's before the council and she's still refusing to confess and they decide to punish her anyway in the torture chamber. So um, as they turn up the heat on her torture, she confesses. Um, she makes several confessions. And then we are transported to the groovy party. Hell yeah. Eee! So awesome. Dark side of the moon's playing. <laughs> yeah. So it's just this kind of like fanciful sequence where, you know, she's talking about how she has birthed many children of evil and they show like these people in costumes like crawling out from between her legs. Um, (laughs) And she's still old. (laughs) (laughs) They show these witches flying on brooms and they're all on their way to this party. Um, It's the coolest scene in the whole movie, I think. Yeah, I think all the, you know, all the makeup is amazing. There's a couple demons who have these just really creepy masks mm-hmm. where the mouth is actually moving and like some of the expressions are, you know, it's molded to their face in a way where they can make expressions, Yeah, um, which makes it more it's unsettling. Um, yeah. yeah, the lighting's amazing. Um, the this setup. Is, yeah, yeah. Just, just the whole atmosphere is incredible. It's, and yeah. it's basically the depiction of a witch's Sabbath. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, fun. they're... 
that this is where the witches stomp on the crosses and spit on them, where they're bleeding the butter baby into the cauldron. Um, they show witches canoodling with demons, ladies lining up to kiss the devil's ass. It's pretty it wild. Dude, some of them get up in there, too. Yeah, they do. <laughs> like a couple were like kind of tentative, like, I'll just kind of go around the outside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some are just like, nose in. Love it. Yeah. That's, that's dedication. And they go back to the monks and like the monks are like eating it up. And then Maria turns the tables and she says that she saw the women who accused her at that witch party too and that they're witches also. And she says that they pissed in buckets and threw it on Martin's door and that's why he got sick. Man, I'd love to hear someone explain that in court. <laughs> right. So I love how they, because they show the the two witches like, you know, shitting or pissing in, in their pots like at his doorstep and the caption before is like, they made a very difficult spell. You know, I don't think I caught that's what they were doing. I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're they're like they're like defecating or pissing into a into pots, and then they like yeah. chuck it at his door. But uh, yeah, it's just like a difficult spell. Like, hmm, I guess depending yeah. on what you ate, yeah, that Seemed might be pretty might be easy. Difficult. Man. <laughs> oh God, I'm having a real difficult spell uh, right now. I have oh. a difficult spell. Oh, I feel nauseous. Oh. Oh. I wish that oh. I just had the gumption to save my difficult spells for people that really deserve it. Yeah, <laughs> and throw it on their windows or the doors. car, <laughs> like a slit window. Boop. <laughs> this chapter too also shows, um, you know, like you mentioned, how they're eating up the story. Yeah. Um, it shows their faces and they just have like these fucking nasty teeth and like they're relishing yeah. in, in the, the evil that's yeah. being, you know, told to them. Um, it's one of those scenes that where they really he Christensen turns it and makes the monks um grotesque, you know. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. yeah and actually like I ugh. think I think some of the monks are some of the demons at the Sabbath. Oh, I'll bet. Because I there was I remember seeing a couple of the demons and one looked like the the fatter lead monk yeah. who had kind of the you know gray it had more white hair a little sparser hair not your okay. common monk one yeah and he was one of the demons so I I don't know if that was intentional he wanted you to notice or if he was just like okay I have these actors we'll just use I would them. imagine so I imagine he'd want you I, to know I I like to think it was oh like actor. it wasn't just you know like financially uh, more responsible yeah to use the same actors on the same day yeah. i mean sure i like yeah. to think it's it's the former but you're yeah. probably right <laughs> yeah maybe I, know. I mean it was a lot of money so i mean he could have you know hired more actors but yeah i don't know it was just something i noticed that i that i do wonder if it was intentional because that's pretty cool mm-hmm. I yeah like that. it was cool so this brings us to part five um and it it kicks off with saying that this event happens throughout the Middle Ages where one accused witch then turns around and gives away 10 more. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the men cronies of the monks come and take the other women away in the cart. Um, <laughs> with, <laughs> with the sacks again. I love it. Yeah. And then also you're told not to protest a witch's capture because that will surely mean you are also a witch. So then we're taken back to the young monk who was touched by uh martin's wife he's been struggling with unholy thoughts after their encounter obviously i mean she's pretty she's hot yeah she is (laughs) (laughs) so he confides this in a fellow monk and as a remedy he's whipped to rid the sinful thoughts 
And after he's still haunted by her, the monks tell him that she's probably a witch, bro, and he needs to testify against her or he'll be punished too. I love that scene where he's being whipped. Um, yeah. Because it's just like, it, of course, it's silent film, so all the movements are very um, exaggerated, right? Yes. Um, it's almost like a play. And it's just like, but it looks like he's like enjoying it, which I don't know if that was part of the thing. Like, it's like he is enjoying it. Yeah. Because then the, he stops. He's like, why did you stop? <laughs> yeah. Of course, I mean self-flagellation. They gotta like it from somebody else. Everyone. I have so much yeah. more evil inside me that you gotta right. beat out. So much evil. Can you bring your dirtiest <laughs> shoes while you're at it. <laughs> but I mean, you can tell that he feels bad about this because he doesn't want anything bad to happen to to her. And mm-hmm. uh, while she sits in a shackled cha- chair in the jail, an older monk comes to give her water and offers to walk her to freedom if she shows him how to make thunder with a bucket of water, which I guess is like a witch spell. She just farts on the surface of the water. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's, it's clear in her face that she's like, oh, what the fuck? Of course I can't do that. And then he's like, look out into the courtyard. There's no guards out there. And if you help me, Find out how this spell is done. I will help you get out of here. But obviously she can't. So uh, they pull out all the stops and they bring her baby to the jail and show the baby to her to get her to confess. And she's like, will you really let me leave if I tell you how to do this? He says yes. And uh, then she starts to make up a story, which uh, some spying monks uh, then use against her. And she's condemned to the stake. Mm hmm. And then, so, yeah, we don't know what happened to the baby. No, yep. probably not good. <laughs> I heard the next witch's Sabbath needs a baby. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they, the, this chapter ends with um, saying that as these inqui- Inquisition judges travel, so does witch madness. And in the span of just a few centuries, eight million men, women, and children were burned as witches. Can you, like, I, I have to see if those numbers are correct, you know, like, like yeah. after the fact, but... I that mean, seems like if, a lot. <laughs> I mean, well, it's a few hundred years. Yeah, you know? that's true. I mean, and then I think you know the fourteenth to the six, the fourteen to the sixteen hundreds. I think mm-hmm. that's like really when that fervor goes on, almost like all over Europe. Yeah, um, mostly in in concentrated places, but you know, yeah, I don't know if that's an, ex- uh, an exaggerated number, but I mean, eight million people. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. I mean, just yeah. devastating communities sometimes. Yeah. Um, so part six is is a bit shorter, and I, well, it's it went on a little bit longer than I thought it it should have. Oh, where they're um, berating the old woman, and it's so horrible and painful to watch. Or is that the next one? No, that would um that might be the next one. Okay. Um, so part six uh, talks about how the confessions of witches could be wild, um, and we're shown charming depictions of costumed humanoid animals. To illustrate the more outlandish claims, however, oh, the, the little kitty women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but however, many women were burned for tying knots to marriage beds, um, and this was seen as a form of sorcery. But it was merely superstitious ritual. Yeah, like a sure, right? Thing. It's, it must have been for good luck and fertility, or something. Sh- yeah. Sure, it's it's folk magic or folk ritual. Um, you know that was was practiced in. A lot of communities, you know, even up until the 1800s, maybe even the early 1900s, some isolated communities might have still performed some of those things. It's the same kind of superstitions that people still still believe yeah. in sometimes. 100 percent. 
So uh, then after this, we're given a lesson in torture devices and they're demonstrated. It's just pretty cool. Yeah. And they also suggest that anyone under such duress would say absolutely anything to make it stop. Of course they would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, my God. Of course. That's why I like torture doesn't work. Like, no. I don't know, yeah. it's, just, it's been proven time and time again that torture has very limited use. Like, sure, maybe you'll get a couple who will tell you what you want to know. But most of the time, they're just going to tell you whatever the fuck you, you want to hear. At. Yeah, whatever you want to hear. I was Dwayne The Rock Johnson if it was really, <laughs> like, you know. I fucking knew it. Uh, well, <laughs> just saying. I didn't want to do Jumanji. I <laughs> I wanted to stick to wrestling, but I had this agent in the 90s and we were all out of our mind. <laughs> Can you spell what the rock's cooking? It's my testicles. <laughs> ah. um, and then after this, they show some of the self-flagellation devices that devout people would use on themselves. Ooh, that stuff is crazy. I saw that in Italy. Yeah. I saw a bunch of that stuff. How devout are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Are you spike belt devout? Hmm? Yeah. Those are the ones I think of, the spike belts. I can't even imagine. It's insane. You know, there's actually um, in the Arthurian legends, there's one, and I, I can't remember which night it was. It's not Lancelot. It might be Lancelot. I can't remember. But anyway, there was one that people actually did do where they would wear like undergarments made of hair. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so you'd be itchy yeah. all and, the time. You know, you think that doesn't sound so bad, but like it would be very, very, very painful. Imagine having hair. Imagine the feeling of having hair yeah. on the back damn. of your neck. Yeah. No, you know? I can't. And that's I just can't. on your fucking body. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. So um, how religious are you? <laughs> yeah. Hair suit religious? I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> Cat of nine tails? Mm. You go to church more. <laughs> uh, in the next scene, we uh, the devil shows up again, and he is awesome as ever. And he is coercing a nun into madness. And um, then we segue into a depiction of basically Ludon, where all the the whole convent of nuns goes crazy. Was that Ludon? Because I believe there was also the werewolf of Ludon. Oh, I think, I mean, I think it was maybe. Ludon. I, maybe I mean, they don't say specifically, but that's the one that I know of the, the best. Oh, okay. Have yeah, you guys yeah. seen that movie about it? That's totally like a masterpiece. From, from the, the 60s? 60s? Yeah. It's no, awesome. I ha- I've heard of it. I have not seen it's it, though. Good. It's really good. Sweet. I, gotta I like it. it a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've heard it's pretty like pretty nuts and crazy. Yeah, it's it's wild. But, you know, of course these nuns all went insane because of, you know, the devil. The devil made them do it. Yeah, it's not like they were kept in a convent sexually <laughs> yeah. and frustrated. And they had their like know. concealing their rock and bods under their habits kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's like usually they're, you know, forced to go and never really wanted to go and Yeah, yeah exactly. Know. We're all just monkeys, baby. That's right. Just, hor- just horny, horny monkeys. <laughs> so uh, this finally brings us to part seven, which is the final part of the movie. And uh, present times in big air quotes, you know, 1921. <laughs> and they start off by presenting the look and features of any old woman that might have been the sole purpose of her being accused of witchcraft just because of the way she looked. Pretty much, yeah. And then they also detail certain mental illnesses that might have caused a woman to be accused of witchcraft as well, uh, such as sleepwalking, pyromania, compulsiveness, 
um, all put under the umbrella term of hysteria, which was kind of par for the course back then. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just, um, <laughs> which is just, I mean, it's, it's again, like them him trying to be like woke for the time. Yeah. But it is just like, can you believe these hysterical women and their problems? Like, yeah. they're stealing. You know, it's definitely <laughs> yeah. not the like repression and, you know. Man, right. it's still bananas to think that stuff went on until the 50s, like truly where you could just be put away forever if your husband said so yeah. in the right way, you know. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, he, he does make the good point of, you know, that a lot of psychological um, afflictions or mental disorders or or even physical characteristics like, you know, the hunchback or something. Yeah. Um, you know, now we know that those are people who just really need help or medication or yeah. they're just old, <laughs> which just happens to everybody. Like saying that it's illustrated that if these people don't get help, then much worse things can happen to them. So it's important to you know, not forget the old and infirm and the insane and, you know, try to help mm. them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, for sure. Yeah. I think and it kind of could have, it, d- it could have done without the, the young girl, like getting in trouble for stealing, you know, I know. stealing like, the ring. Well, it's after world war one and my husband died. I just, yeah. I just can't stop, which is like, yeah, she's going through some shit for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was a, that was a little bit of a weird stretch, yeah, but yeah. it was, it yeah. was a different time, man. Different learning. time. <laughs> Everybody was learning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the you know, the film really highlights, you know, superstition and suspicion. It leads to imaginary creatures and the supernatural is always out there that means to harm us, that evil threatens the things that we hold most dear. Yeah. And our children, our lives, our family, or our own safety and security are constantly threatened by these forces. And that's what always leads to violence and and the fear um yeah i mean nowadays we would call that xenophobia right you know or, or something similar yeah yeah ah, well this is a really fun one you guys i um yeah i like really love talking about this one i do want to say real quick i i love the it, i i love hated the part where they were interrogating the old woman and you know it's a real close-up on her face just kind of suffering and stuff like that and i feel like you know, the really famous other silent film, Joan of Arc, probably maybe derived from some of that, like was maybe as moved by that. And it was very sure, interesting yeah. kind of thing to consider. But I recommend that silent film quite a bit as well, Joan I, of Arc. You oh, can, yeah. I want to watch that. I've I've heard about it. Um, you can see how far the influences of this film has reached, though, just as yes. far as like imagery and and even like showing what have now become like tropes and stereotypical images of witches and things like that. Yeah. Um, a cool thing about that scene, Kate, with the old lady where it's a close up of her while she's getting, you know, um, interrogated. Um, I guess th- this story came up quite a few times about research where um, they stopped filming for a moment and the old lady turned to Christensen and said, the devil is real. I've seen him standing by my bedside or by my bed table. Yeah, or and that was like a real story from her. Yeah. Yeah, like like they weren't filming or anything. Like yeah. she just turned to him and like said it. Um, which is fucking crazy. I don't know. That's just yeah. It's it's always those cool little things. Yeah. Um but you know, she was an older lady from that part of the world. Um, you know, who knows if she grew up, you know, believing. I mean, if it's yeah, probably. Ni- it's the nineteen twenties and she looks like she's in her 
it's like yeah. 80s. Yeah, that'd she's be probably like 18s, born in 60s, mid yeah. 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's especially if he's from a rural place, there's probably all kinds of superstitions and fears, you oh, know. Yeah, so yeah. that stuff might have been like, this is very real to I me. Mean, there's um, like early instances of na- National Geographic during that time or like shortly after where they go to remote places in like, you know, Eastern Europe and there's a funeral going on and like they're doing things like they have a piece of bread tied to a candle that's supposed to, you know, be given to the dead, you know, in, in the mm-hmm. afterlife and just like just little things like that about folklore that, you know, we're, we're still surviving at the time. Yeah, she she was great in that. Oh yeah, yeah. she was. Movie. I remember yeah, she that she the most. she looks so good. Yeah. yeah, she's very memorable. So, anything else we want to mention before we we skedaddle here? Nope, badass movie. Yeah. Watch it if you haven't seen it. Don't be yep. turned off by the fact it's a silent movie. Yeah, I was it's gonna... really incredible. I think... Oh, I didn't even talk about the music. Go, but go ahead, Kate. Sorry. I was just gonna <laughs> say that if you've never really watched silent film before, it's. It's way more interesting than you think. It's just fascinating. It's been probably one of my favorite genres since I was a teenager. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the music, like how they yeah. play the Romeo and Juliet. Um, Romeo and Juliet theme. Dance macabre's in there. Like, oh, yeah. Well, but they play the Romeo and Juliet one when, when that when that priest is, or when that yeah monk is like, trying to fuck her over they're like, are you sure? like, he's like fuck it we got the right shut up let's just do it this isn't yeah. romantic why are you playing this <laughs> <laughs> well maybe it didn't have the same sort of overdoneness back then as it does now yeah, that's, good. that's true know? yeah yeah i could have had a different feel i mean romeo and juliet is tragic overall so perhaps yeah. it was seen as more tragic than anything mm-hmm. yeah fair enough yeah that's, that's actually a very good point yeah i don't know it just didn't yeah, it, it took yeah, you out of it. It didn't a seem bit. to fit to me. Yeah. But I think it but, was like modern sensibility thing in my mind. Yeah, you're like cheesy. Like, I, oh, I can think of it as DiCaprio now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, have you ever, have you rewatched that movie? Yeah, I love that shit. Really? Yeah. I th- it's so fucking weird. I love to it. Me. It is well, weird. I'm a Baz Luhrmann fan. Well, it's just weird to me because it's all the modern, you know, pretty modern for the most part, but there's still. Which I know they've tried so many times where they are still, you know, using the old English, you know, Shakespearean language, but it's like all modern shit. I think they did it well. I don't know. I think uh, they pulled it off. Mm-hmm. I'll have to rewatch it then because that's what yeah. I remember about him being like. Blake is... Wazamo is brilliant in that movie. I mean, well, fucking Blake Wazamo is just great. He's, he's just, so good. He's just good in <laughs> <Yeah>. everything. <laughs> that's worth another watch for sure. Oh, I'll th- okay, I'll have to rewatch it then. It's been a yeah. while, but I just remember that part being very strange to me. <laughs> yeah yeah you know. it, it's a little weird but they pull it off yeah <laughs> well i guess we should do social zone so you can follow us on facebook at under the pendulum podcast on instagram at under pendulum podcast on twitter which I, should we even keep twitter at this point oh what the God, fuck is happening it's the funniest shit the memes that have been coming out but i don't i don't understand what's happening i don't we, I don't, we don't really check our twitter anyway <laughs> Sometimes somebody Sometimes. was like comparing it to like getting something really, really nice and just throwing it in the garbage. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've never really been much of a Twitter user, I never did so either. I never cared. I don't, I don't, I, don't actually, I, mean, I, I don't even have a personal Twitter account. I do, but, but I, yeah. you know, I th- but you know, you use it for like narrating and stuff, yeah, so. exactly. And anyway, if you do go to Twitter or X, it's <laughs> pendulum underscore pod, TikTok at under the pendulum. 
And you can find all our episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, or almost anywhere else you listen to your pods. You can find me, Heather, on Facebook, Heather Thomas, Instagram, h.n.thomas, Twitter, Heather W. Thomas. And you can find my narrations on creepy tales to terrify and chilling tales for dark nights. Nice. And you can find me on Instagram under Frothy Stardog. Yep. And you can find me and my weird pointy tongue on <laughs> Facebook by searching for Christopher Weber and on Instagram by searching for Christopher Weber 13V. And fans only, Christopher Weber. Only fans. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back with another episode and see you next time. Goodbye. 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 Ooh, goodbye.